grab a six or a cold one, and whatever else trips your trigger, we're about to embark on a dynasty road trip. That's right, we'll tool around the back roads of fantasy football land, taking in the sights of 10 and 12-man dynasty leagues. But leave your keys at home, because here's your drivers, Ron and Jonah. Jim really liked the Robert Tunyon take. He said he will not offer him to me in any formats. <laughs> That's good. I, That's I, what I said. That is good. It's a good yeah. mission accomplished then. Yeah. Who are those players that people offer all the time? I, we haven't had a good Robert Tunyon in a few years. I'm trying to think. No, of- there used to be. But but it can't just be a guy that they all offer. It's got to be a guy who's was on the wire Mm-hmm. And is repeatedly on the wire, and and then yeah, uh, I know there's been a handful of them over the years, but you're right, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I mean, I I would draw a slight parallel, but although he hasn't been really offered in trades this year, um, Hayden Hurst had that feel a little bit this year. Okay, um, where I've seen him, I've picked him up and dropped him a few times in a league. Um, I think that's the tight. Actually, that's probably the tight end. The tight end position, yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say OJ Howard, and I was like, wait, are they all tight ends? Yeah, I, I think that's the common theme. That's the only position where you can bounce from relevance to irrelevance, uh, depending yeah. on a good game, and, yeah. and then back depending on no targets. So it's right? it's true. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, I'm pretty excited about tonight. I got to say, I've got a. Like a half stack man chub, <laughs> you know, not, not, not a full chub yet. But I feel like by the end of this podcast, I'll be, uh, I'll be losing blood to the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we're gonna kind of talk a, a little like roster construction. Um, you know, how to avoid some potholes. We're at the time of the season where it's it's time. Like you either, yeah, you you're either you're in one of three spots right now. Click on that GPS and figure out which route you're taking. Yeah. Are we are we like two one, two wins on the season and uh we're in a league that we've got picks, we're in a dynasty league where we wanna see, hey, I wanna get better for next year. I'm gonna fold on this year, see what I can do. Um, are we in a spot where you're like like four and four right now? You're like, dang it, I'm four and four. What do I do? And then you're in the spot where you're like I did not expect to have seven wins at this point in the season. Um, so how those teams react and what they do is very different. And honestly, we said it last week, but I do believe like these few weeks right here, this is what determines the championship. Yeah. It, it, this is the point of the season where if you can steal a win here and there, uh, that it really is gonna, gonna tilt everything down the stretch. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and those bye weeks, man, those bye weeks are hitting hard. They uh, are I, dirty. Well, there's not there's <clears throat> it's not like 10 years ago. You can't just go poach a viable streamer off the wire consistently. I mean, there's weeks where there's guys, but it's it's not something you can consistently do, and the problem is there's probably six other teams trying to pull the same mess because mm-hmm. it's it's a mess out there. It is a mess out there. I have been struggling in quite a few leagues, uh, especially as the buys showing up to be like, I'll get that guy. Um, well, like for instance, I'm going to use the Chiefs for a great example, right? 
I own um, Marquez Valdez Scatling in a league, not even a dynasty league, um, hmm. a, me- a mega bowl league. Okay. And I, j- I want to cut the guy, but, but you I can't. You can't. I can't find someone to cut him for at the wide receiver position. But it isn't a downgrade. Right. And but I also will not start him this year. And I find myself in that spot in a lot of places where I'm like, here's a good team. Here's the Chiefs. Sky Moore, you can't really feel good about starting. Juju, maybe, but you're not expecting a great game out of him. MVS, um, that now they're going to bring in Kadarius Tony. I'm probably forgetting about someone. You know, like it's just a, a lot of teams, good teams have, have spread the wealth and it just, there's no value there. Um, yeah, so can I throw out what I think might be either a savvy move or a stupid move that I, a player that I picked up in last night on waivers? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. I'm going to throw a, an oldie but a goldie. How about Kenny Galladay? Ah, yes. he. I have been seeing some availability on him mm-hmm. across my dynasties. A lot of people cut the cord. And, yeah, uh, yeah uh, he could be a sneaky pickup. I don't disagree with him cutting the cord at all. Me neither. I just, I just know that in his stead, Kadarius Tony's now gone, and I do not believe that Darius Slayton can't be uh, beat out by another player. And that's what I was just going to say, too. Darius Slayton is another one, a guy that I held on to for a long time, finally cut myself free, and now you're seeing a resurgence in targets. but. Yep. Yeah, But yeah, uh, basically, there's a whole lot of offenses where the wide receiver situation is like that. Like, that's yeah. pretty much par for the course across really the is. league. It feels that way anyway. It really is. Yeah, I did the uh, – we talked about this last year. It's time of year, too. We can start doing a little bit of a – Fob blocking. Yes, I fob blocked a little bit last night. Oh. I hadn't fob blocked in a while. So, um, notice, uh, notice that my opponent um, – did not have a starting defense for this week um, in the nasty. As and, do many of us. Right. And like notice that like, oh, there is um, there's clearly a top team on the wire. It's the Vikings are playing the now for sale uh, Washington commanders. Um, and I thought, well, that's clearly the best defense. Uh but I, I risked it. I picked up Kenny Galladay, who is listed as out. So picked him up, sat him on my bench, uh, put him in the IR spot this morning, and picked up the Vikings. And noticed that my opponent, uh, 10 hours later, was stuck with picking up the Bengals instead. You've been fob blocked. Hmm. Made me feel good. I like a good fob block. Yeah, I've actually been in that opposite boat where... Spot starts like that, uh, especially defense. I believe two or three of my dynasties this week, I have a defense out. I'm not even putting in bids. I'm just yeah. waiting to see what clears, and then yep. I'm just going to go pick up the scraps, which yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to sour on the defense as a position. I know. I don't know if we'll get into that in this podcast, but I think that's the spot where you and I um, have will probably have a disagreement on. So that'll be a good discussion. Yeah, we will. We'll tease that for next week. Yeah. Um, you and I are going to do a live trade negotiation tonight. That's pretty exciting. It is. It is. I, I did a little bit of homework on my roster, but I didn't want to do too much. I wanted to uh, I wanted to be want to be genuinely yeah. uh, uh, researching it as we go. So I wanted to um, 
I also had was having a little bit of fun and thought, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about trades. We'll talk about our trade. Um, middle of the season, too, I wanted to take kind of a uh, – Oh, you, you know, like uh, sometimes you'll go down a new road and they'll have painted the stripes on it and they want you to just drive over it and they're testing the paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've been in one of those spots. So I kind of thought like, um, how how would you feel before we, we hop in, uh, in the car and head down the trade route? How'd you feel about just going through the top 10 at uh, the different fantasy positions here based off season average so far? And just kind of give us a little lay of the land where we sit. And now, Dynasty Road Trip proudly presents a top 10 list. The top 10 based off season average. Right now you've got some teams that have been on bye and some teams that haven't. And I always find season average surprises the crap out of me. You pick the position. We'll go tight end, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Uh, you know, we're going to do like we're taking one of those road trips. We get to an intersection and you tell me go left or right. So uh, up to you. Well, let's start at the top. Let's go with the quarterback. <laughs> All right. So this is based off season average, and we're going to use the scoring in the nasty. The nasty. A 10-man half PPR dynasty featuring practice squad. Founded by Ron and Jonah in 2011. So that's a half PPR full touchdown for the quarterback. Um, otherwise, pretty straightforward. Yes. Um I would say no real surprises at the top here. Um, and, you know, maybe when we get down to 7 to 10, we'll have some surprises. So, again, this is by average. So, Josh Allen's number one. Sure. Patrick Mahomes is number two. Jalen Hurts is number three. Wow. Joe Burrow's number four. Okay. Lamar Jackson's number five. Hmm. That's I'd say in the top five um, – you know, like maybe a little, maybe you'd be like, oh, maybe that guy should be six, but he's three. Yeah, no real but, surprises, though. No, no. Like, I, I could justify that list at the beginning of the season. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had objections if somebody would have told me that would be the case. Right. I'd be like, where's Herbert? But, uh, you know. Well, and, and I'll say after that, here's where it gets um, interesting. Because number six is Tua. Nice. Um, I still can't say his last name. I'll admit it. <laughs> you know what? You just made the list. I, I don't have it in me. Every Tug time of I Vialoa. Read... Yeah. Tug of Vialoa. Ah, see. Ah, see, that was almost there. I know, but I, I, I didn't trust myself. I yeah, didn't you didn't follow through on it. Yeah. I mean, it took me seven years to say Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <sighs> uh, then we got Geno Smith. At number seven, that's probably the biggest wow. shock. Kyler yeah. Murray. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's let's talk on Gino, because what the hell? I mean, yeah, the I, hell? I, I mean, uh, number six was a little bit of a surprise to me, but seven, man. Uh, I, I mean, we said it before. If you can yeah. survive the Jets and stick around yeah. the league, I, you've got to have there's a special something to you. I, yeah. I didn't see this coming. I, yeah. I would love to claim credit on that. No, well, and and we didn't think that, you know. Not I didn't just, think he'd win the starting job. I thought I was Drew gonna Locke say, was going to beat him. I was going to say, no one beats out Drew Locke, so that's probably <laughs> our biggest surprise. Right. Um, we should have known right then that he I was know. legit. I know. He's the, <laughs> he's the new Buzz Lightyear. Um, Kyler Murray's number eight. 
Now, this is season average, so number nine is going to kind of throw you off a little bit. This guy's Uh-oh. only played two games. Tyler Heineke. Okay. Number yeah. nine based off season average. Average. Okay. Yeah, so, you're right. That would That is throwing me. So this is – he has played – he has started two games. So that's where he's at. Number 10 is Herbert. Okay. So, you know, if you look at that, I would say Heineke and Geno Smith are probably the two guys that you are shocked are in the top 10 right now. Yeah, even as uh, somebody who's not a fan of Tua, I'm not shocked that with those weapons he's in the top 10. That's yep. um, – played. I want to I want to give us um, some quarterbacks of note that are not in the top ten and where they sit. All the old guys. Yeah, Tom Brady's number seventeen. Mm. Aaron Rodgers is number nineteen. Huh. Russell Wilson is number twenty-five. Oof. Matt Stafford is number twenty-nine. Oh, I'm feeling that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we need to go much past that. I mean, that is you're talking. Below 32, you're talking to guy, you know, players that aren't starters in the NFL. Now, look, <laughs> Joe Flacco is two above Matt Stafford on season average. Yeah. Matt, Matt Stafford? You've been Flacco. Take it. Uh, all right. Well, what's where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go right down the list. Let's let's uh, go to running backs. All right. This is. This is exciting. This is fun. This is going to be crazy. Well, it's it's actually, you know what? It's actually it's actually not. Only again, we're going to see two guys here, so it's kind of crazy. Number one is Austin Eckler. Sure. Uh, number two is Derrick Henry. Yeah, well, yeah. Number three is Nick Chubb. Number four is Josh Jacobs. Okay. Um, you know he had a monster game in here though. Like he had right. He's got like. He has a 33 and a 28 and a 36 in a row in here. Outside. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went he went bananas um, for three out of four weeks, and one of those weeks was a buy. So, yeah, I, I would say I would say a lot of fantasy uh, GMs would would say I that they were wrong on Josh Jacobs. Uh, I did not like Josh Jacobs going into this year. No, I thought they were going to try to phase him out or just uncreatively run him up the middle. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is at number five. Um, I would say if he stays healthy, he'll move up into the top three real soon with San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Barkley's number six. Okay. Uh, Kamara is number seven. This will hurt a lot of people who own this guy. Brees Hall is number eight. Oh. Yeah. Number nine is uh, Swift. Number 10 is Cordero Patterson. Jeez. So he was producing before he went down. He was producing. Yeah. So his return is going to take all those touches back. Certainly is. Um, So let's go down and look at some players of note that are not up there. Ezekiel Elliott's number 26. Here's a big one, and I know you feel this one. I'm sorry to bring up his name, but Jonathan Taylor, 27. Yeah. Like, cl- clear consensus number one overall running back. Yeah, in redrafts, I mean, he was the great line primed to just do it again. And uh, nope. 
Uh, we we talked about this guy earlier today. Najee Harris is number thirty five on the year. Yeah, and honestly, if you're Pittsburgh, do you even load him down with carries from here on out? I mean, they're not going to throw in the towel, but I yeah. I mean, I don't see the need to to get him three hundred and fifty touches when you. Yeah, that's funny. I accidentally messed up my thing because I just I just completed a trade in a league that gave me a notification. I messed up my. Uh, my rankings here. Give me one uh, I just, ironically, I just trade away Najee Harris as we talked about him. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a Najee guy now. I believe I'm forty percent own share in my dynasties. Um, it's it's a little gnarly. Um, getting those Trent Richardson vibes. Yeah. I I don't I don't blame anybody that wants to bail on him right now. I um. You sound like really hip when you say I'm a, I'm a Najee guy. It sounds <laughs> it doesn't sound like a football player. It just sounds like a saying. Right, like it's a nutsack yeah. butter. Yeah, like, yeah. It's all natural. It's made with yeah. oat milk and agave. Yeah. And you scrub your balls with it. It's got pumice. Yeah. yeah. I'm a Najee guy. It's called Najee nutsack soap. I love it. All natural. It makes me feel really good. Um, who Balls else is down like here? Patchouli. Uh, James Connors, number thirty-nine. Wow. Um, AJ Dillon's number forty-seven. Hmm. I saw a big year coming on out of him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They just kept doing it with Aaron Jones. They really did. Uh, and again, these are averages. You know, if I if I flip it and I go. You know, season points, it's it's a different story, but I, I just like the averages. Right. Um, all right, we'll go to wide receiver then. How oh, wow. Right away. Well, right off the top. This I, th- this is a guy where, like, you, you want to take a stab at who's number one for points per game because it, it is like one of those things where, like, <sighs> everyone – I'm kicking myself for not making a move on this guy. I'm on Raw St. Brown. No. No? No. But I can see why you go there. Uh, he like I look at him. He's had. Um, that's going to be one of those sneaky guys that's only played like three games. Yeah, and you're correct. But problem is, like two of those games he played and then got hurt in like the first quarter. So he's got some one point games that pull his average way down. Ah, uh, it's actually DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, two sure. games. Wait, two games yeah. back. Two great games. He looks great. Um, nice and actually, rested. Yeah, I actually think in this top ten, there's I would argue to say there's no surprises. Um, Stefan Diggs is number two. Cooper Cup is number three. Tyree Kills number four. Justin Jefferson is five. Jamar Chase is six. AJ Brown is seven. Jalen Waddle is eight. Marquise Brown is nine, but basically wow. say well, but basically say this, say Marquise Brown, then he got hurt, and then DeAndre took those targets. So basically say the number one wide receiver in Arizona makes is, yeah. two slots, right? Um, wow. And then De- Devonta Adams is number 10. Okay. Um, you're not – Amon Ross St. Brown, by the way, is number 15, so you're not, you're not totally off. Um, let's look at some – let's look at guys who are outside the top 25 that uh, we thought would be good. Uh, T. Higgins is number 30. That kind of surprises me. Hmm. DJ Moore is 33. DK Metcalf is 37. Ouch. 
Um, there's God. Oh man, I, I'm gonna have to say it because it hurts me. But Chris Godwin is number forty-four. Oof. Yeah. Um. See if there's anyone else way down here. We're gonna go way down today. Oh, sorry to bring it up, but uh, Alan Robinson is number sixty-six. Oh. Wow. Man, well, I think that ties into Stafford being the 29th quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if he's a top 10 guy again this year, you're seeing Cup move up a slot and Robinson probably being a top 15 as well. So it's, yeah, I mean, no run game to speak of. It's mm-hmm. uh, Keenan Allen is number 89 on the year. Mm. I'm sure that's part of him getting hurt during games, though, too. Right. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to our tight ends. I feel like, I feel like tight ends should also be if it's not if it's not the top two guys at the top, then I'm going to be like what? And it is. It's Kelsey. It's Andrews. It's Taysom Hill. I hate that. Oh wow. It's T.J. Hawkinson. Oh. It's Greg Dolchik. Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard. George Kittle, David Njoku, and Pat Fryermuth. Wow, Fryermuth hanging in those top tens is. Yep. yep. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't feel like I need to go any further than. Well, I guess the only guy who sticks out to me is that Darren Waller's number nineteen, and he, you would have talked when the season began that he'd be a top five. You would think, yeah. Um, Dalton Schultz, Noah Fant are way down there. Uh, Cole Komet turned out to be not what we thought. Um, oh no! He turned out to be what I thought. Actually, that's right. We uh, <laughs> sorry, we forgot because of the lack of the vowel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is that, that's always fun to do. Um, I, I feel like it was a good time to assess uh, value and what the landscape is as we go on and talk trades. Um, you you want we should we should hop in the car. We should go somewhere else for this. Yeah, go somewhere. You want to go somewhere scenic? Uh, I'm really down for whatever. Uh, yeah, I think I need. Uh, I think I need to get a drink and mm-hmm. uh, load up. Same, same. All right, I'll catch you in a sec. All right, it's time to settle up at the bar in the bathroom. Top off that tank and grab one for the road, because we're about to take you around the league on a dynasty road trip. You know, we don't usually get into the geopolitical climate in the world on our fantasy football show, but I think we can all agree. That is a country that's made some bad decisions. Um, I agree, because we actually seem to have a consistent listen coming mm-hmm. out of Ukraine. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, we got one consistent click on our podcast coming out of Ukraine. So wow. solidarity, my brothers. Fuck Putin. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe we'll keep that segment. Maybe we won't. Uh, let's go into what happened in the NFL because, um, some things happened and they affected your fantasy football team. And quite (laughs) frankly, I'm confused. Um, I was left confused by all of this, the trades, as we always are. There's always like, here's the obvious people who get traded and they never are. And then you're always left being like, what the hell? So would you say... I was for surely, I was almost 100% sure, and so was the national media, that 
a running back from Cleveland that was not <laughs> Nick Chubb was going to get traded. Yes. I was also pretty sure that Cam Akers was getting traded for maybe a heap of crap or just straight out cut. Like I was for sure. I was like, for sure. It's like, no way is Cam Akers coming back. Maybe a team gives up a sixth or a seventh conditional pick, or maybe they try and they just cut him. So, right. When they can't get a deal done, just like we need, we need the, the roster spot. Right. And then we did not get our guaranteed every year, Brandon Cooks deal, which is also that, that unfair. One. Unfair. Um, so what we did get was a lot of uh, – well, let's let's go back to – say the first move was James Robinson. Was he before McCaffrey? I forgot about you know the biggest trade in NFL running back history besides Ricky Williams, Herschel Walker. Um, Christian McCaffrey goes to San Francisco. Uh, you get, If you're a McCaffrey owner like I am, you've got to love that. Like that's crazy good. Um, we've talked about all the storylines. I think we covered this, but uh, wow, what, what what a great spot! You go from like one of the league's worst offenses to the league's most run heavy offense with probably the game's probably the best mind at getting the ball into a running back's running back's hand, and the guy only goes out and does something that the last person to do was Ladamian Tomlinson in two thousand five. Throws a touchdown, runs for a touchdown, and catches a touchdown in the same game. Not not a bad start on your trade. <laughs> right. Um, then James Robinson ends up going to the Jets. Um, I know you're a Michael Carter owner in at least one league that we're in together. I own Michael Carter and a, a few others. Yeah, I believe I'm 60% own share on him. So after one week, I, I felt better about Michael Carter than I did before that, uh, <clears throat> right. this, one of these trades where we've actually seen the guy play in one game, and um, yeah, I guess uh, did you feel the same? I walked away being like, I can start Michael Carter as a flex still. Well, he was holding his own enough that even when Brees Hall was there, I was still forced into a spot of having to start him a few times, and it wasn't killing me. So I yes. mean, he was he was still holding his own. I can't really bring myself to start James Robinson though until I see him get like 50 yards in a game, right? Which is a bummer because you're going to probably hold the spot for a week or two just to figure that out. And when he does get in there, you're like, "Yay, I got the 50% share of an okay guy for the Jets." <laughs> their their next game is going to be very telling. Like, do they bounce back or are they like, "Oh no, we're the Jets that we've always been." All right, so what else happened? Uh, I want to stick with the running back. So we had Jeff Wilson go to the Dolphins. Yeah. And they got him after they sent Chase Edmonds to the Broncos. Okay. So let's break both those backfields down after the post-trade. So Raheem Mostert, I feel, stays the same. Do you have a change in value on Mostert with Jeff Wilson there? Not necessarily, but I did hear some weird statistic today that basically their running backs were only getting what was blocked and nothing more. Oh, so basically they they were the least efficient at turning anything into anything. Yeah, Chase Edmonds was a surprise. I will tell you, um, I went into the season with Chase Edmonds being a guy that I actually really liked. Like I really thought would be a sleeper just because – just because the amount, how quickly one he was, I think he was the first running back signed in free agency. 
and he got a much, much bigger deal than Raheem Mostert did. Right. And he can catch. And that's my one question with the Dolphins is Mostert and Jeff Wilson are very similar running backs. Um, neither You wouldn't say that that turns one of them into the pass catching back. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's not like there's going to be clearly defined roles. Right. So I don't think it hurts Mostert. Uh, obviously, I think it once McCaffrey came over to the 49ers, Jeff Wilson's value went down dramatically, but, but he still will get, was going to get some play with McCaffrey on the field. So I think Jeff Wilson stays the same. And so does Mostert. Wilson becomes the number two in an offense where he was going to be the number two and Raheem Mostert maintains the number one. And maybe Jeff Wilson takes a little bit more away from Mostert than Chase Edmonds did. Right. um, I didn't feel good about starting either of those guys anyways. Chase Edmonds goes to Denver. Um, it just makes me hate that backfield even more. I already hated it. Right. Like Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray last week, like basically split. That was very similar to what uh, happened last year with Javonta Williams and Gordon. I mean, this cut right down the middle. They had the same stats and they're both serviceable. But right. now I, but they're not. That's not the case in Denver anymore because of the crap pile that Denver has become. So. I, I just think Denver's backfield becomes a three-piece backfield. And the only thing I can say is Chase Edmonds was so bad in Miami that maybe the change of scenery is good for him, and maybe it's a scenario in Denver where it's like, hey, any of you three guys want to win the job, you could. So I own Edmonds in two leagues. I'm more excited to see him in Denver than I am in Miami. That being said, I, I'm not – I mean, there's there's nothing that I'm not going to be like, yes, I'm starting Chase Edmonds next week and I feel good about it. I'll be like, oh, maybe he'll suck less. You think they're going to give him uh, upwards of a 50 percent split? I don't I can't tell you. I don't understand it all being a Broncos fan besides Melvin Gordon's like had some crucial fumbles early in the season. Um, He's just hated like the, the coaching staff treats him like like poop. So um, I just think like Chase Edmonds has the opportunity to come in and and like just take away Melvin Gordon's job. I really do. Right. And I don't I don't get it. But um, yeah, so I'll say Edmonds value goes up a little bit to me. Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray's value goes down a little bit. But again, we're talk every guy we've talked about on here. We're talking about the difference from what, five points to ten points. Maybe. Yeah. So not like. We're not talking about like, oh, here's a 23-point guy who now might only get 11. Like, it's just these are bad backfields and hard to predict. Right. But that's been everything. That's mm-hmm. it's so now yeah. you've got 10 or 12 teams. You add one more starting spot and it's like, damn it. I, yeah. You're really scraping the bottom. I agree. We we know most of our leagues right now that someone is going to start one of those three Broncos and two of those Dolphins this week. Like, I, I doubt. Right many people have the luxury of putting those guys on their bench if they own them. Yeah. If you uh, buy weeks and injuries, if you have, yeah, exactly. If you have one of those players, you're probably forcing them into service. Yep. I think that covers our running back sitch, right? I think so. Yep. I think so. Then we have a few wide receivers and we've got a tight end. So um, first wide receiver thing I want to talk about is Kadarius Tony. Yeah, he is going to the uh, Chiefs. 
Um, I touched that on one really early. threw me. I I didn't I didn't see that coming. Are the Chiefs kind of turning into the Patriots in a weird way? That like like why didn't someone else go out and get Kadarius Tony? You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know because I kind of felt that same way with Tyreek Hill. Right. Like like okay, he was really fast. Everybody knew that. He's one of those. Uh, size speed freaks that people have been just blowing a gasket over. And it makes you think if Andy Reed, I said, I don't understand. He's young. He's still got upside. He's under team control. Uh, you're a young team. You're not paying him anything. Like why? Yeah. Like ditch Galladay for a sack of potato rolls. Like, what are you doing? He's got a ton of money on the books. I didn't get, I didn't get it. I didn't either. Cause you know, the team, there, there's one team out there that I thought Kadarius Tony fit perfectly with, especially with what they want to do and what they need, and it's the uh, the New York Giants. <laughs> that, that would have been a fantastic landing spot for Kadarius Tony. Yeah, nobody really there to push him or take his targets. Uh, yeah, so, I, I think it's a similar situation with like Tyree Kill. I think I think what I'm what I'm gathered from just reading a little bit is that Tony's kind of made himself a, kind of a cancer in that locker room, okay. and it was just like. You know, um, it seemed like he was pretty upset with the medical staff on how they were treating his injuries, that he thought oh. he was healthier than they than he was. Uh, it seems like they disagreed with he was saying his hamstrings are good to go. And they were saying, no, you should rest longer until they're fully healed. And they yeah, I don't turn- fuck with a hamstring, man. Yeah, no. And the Giants weren't going to. And, you know, kudos to them. They turned around. They got some picks for it. And Tony wasn't helping them anyways. And I do just say, like. Okay. When I see Kadarius Tony going to the Chiefs, it says one thing to me. It says that Sky Moore is not the player they thought he was. Yeah, I'm kind of getting that feeling as well. I believe I'm a 20% own share on Sky Moore in my dynasties. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but uh, but yeah, you would like to see something by now. And yeah. clearly they're still still shopping. Yep, yep. Well, let's let's save the last guy, the other wide receiver, for going right into our uh, negotiation tonight. So we'll we'll cover the one other piece that uh, was the tight end. Uh, Irv Smith got hurt for the Vikings, and the uh, Vikings turned around and got T.J. Hawkinson, which also to me, I was talking to someone at work today. I was like. I don't – there's not many times in NFL history I remember – well, first of all, these kind of trades, this volume don't happen very often, especially with – Never. This is the most the, active trade deadline day in the NFL history. And I hope it's a trend, by the way. Me too. I love it. I hope it. it's a trend. Um, but I – Schefter basically said he believes that it's a a product of the front offices getting younger. And and seeing all of these trade deadlines in other leagues and basically being like, I want to do that. That's right. basically all he could point to to say, why is this happening? He's like, they're younger. It's cool. It's fun. Yeah, it is. But that still doesn't that still doesn't explain to me how a how you trade a top tight end inside your division in division. Like when that, you're in the hunt, right? Like, like, am I missing something about the point of this being to try to win the game? Well, it's it's not ever been that for Detroit, though. 
<laughs> right. They're like, yeah. I'm uncomfortable with all this winning. Let's uh, let's see if we can clear some of these guys out. This, this is obviously what I think it is for Detroit. I think Detroit <clears throat> looks at this and says, our defense is so awful. We we can we <clears throat> we have to get a bunch of picks that can go on the field in the next two or three years while we still have these offensive weapons because um, that that defense is a sieve. It's bad. Well, that's the thing, though. That's the easiest thing to rebuild in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You can get young guys out of the draft, not necessarily even just in the first round, right? That you can plug in and start. So mm-hmm. it's, <clears throat> yeah, so, I, so I, trade, I I see it. So trade TJ Hawkinson to a another team and get some and get a defensive player and a pick back. Right, especially if you think you've got a, a tight end on your roster that you can at least uh, start with. I didn't realize Irv Smith was hurt, so that made yep. more sense on the Vikings end. And I and value wise, I, I just put TJ Hawkins exactly where he was. Um, you know, I I don't I I look at Irv Smith and I say he was a decent player, and Cousins didn't target him a lot. Um, but you know, obviously they brought TJ in; he'll get some more targets. But I, I don't, I don't feel like his value changes for me at all. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like whoever replaces him in Detroit at all because I think the only reason why Hawkinson was getting targets in Detroit was because of his talent, not because of the position. Right, like we referenced earlier, uh, it's been a mash unit at wide receiver in Detroit. So there's been, just been guy after guy. Yep. Yep. Well, let's go to our last big piece, um, and this one's juicy. I like this one for multiple reasons. One is because we're going to talk about a trade. Uh, two is because we're going to talk about, um, you know, we, we we are we are openly live in Wisconsin and have been tired of the Packer fans' fortune. Let me rephrase this: Chase Claypool, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually complimented the Packers. By trading Chase Claypool to the Bears, did you did you see the story that came out here? No. Okay, so the Green Bay Packers were going after Chase Claypool, um, and they offered a second round pick. And the Green Bay Packers are three and five on the season, so that second round pick is you know right now. It's near the top, at least the top half of the second round of next year's draft. Right. But then the Bears swooped in and offered a tantalizing second round pick with a record of three and five. So the Steelers said, we think the Bears will be worse for the rest of the year. So we're we're sending him to Chicago. Yeah. It was can't argue with that. Right. That the three and five Bears are much worse than the three and five Packers. Um. On the Chase Claypool end of things, he is kind of a, and, and you filed the Steelers pretty closely, so you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. But what from I've gathered reading today, he's kind of a guy who likes the limelight. Um, apparently, he's got a big social media following. He's got some of his own brands. He sells things on his Instagram, his TikTok, what have you. And um, he was pretty excited to go to Chicago just because of the population of the city that he was going to. Um, so he probably would have not been super pumped to go to a social media giant, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Fair. 
Yeah, because who who doesn't sell um, designer shoes and glasses whilst shoveling snow? <coughs> and let's be honest, you, no matter how hard you try, you can't make those putrid colors of green and yellow look good on anything. <coughs> and to uh, my Packer friends who are listening to the podcast, I apologize for nothing. Um, yeah, that was one of those things where I – I didn't want to see Claypool go, especially he's got another year under contract. He's 6'4". He's everything Aaron Rodgers would be looking for in a wide receiver. Um, But we've got an embarrassment of riches at at wide receiver. Deontay Johnson, uh, Pickens, uh, you got Fryermuth there. I mean, it was hard getting him a lot of looks yeah as weird as that sounds um and and he was actually more effective when trubisky was in so it's one of those things i think you know if you keep him you're not going to be able to pay him what he wants might as well get something out of him and and like i said he is everything aaron Rodgers would be looking for yep big strong fast a guy who will fight for a ball yeah, I think the Packers would have really benefited from having him and probably made that second round pick a lot worse for the Steelers. So, yep, uh, yep. yeah, I can see the Bears can screw this up and keep that pick nice and high for us. I, oh, uh, they they yeah, will. They yeah. will because, because let's talk about the other side of this because we're you know we're a fantasy show, so we did not talk about any other trades. But keep in mind that the Bears traded away two of their main defensive pieces this last week too. So that's what kind of surprised me. You're like, they trade away Roquan Smith, the number one tackler in the NFL this year, more tackles than any other player. They traded him away. And then right before that, they trade away Quinn, one of their best defensive linemen. So they trade away two key pieces of their defense. And then they go and trade for an offensive piece who has one year left on a contract it's a very Bears sort of in-season. We're not winning. Let's get rid of some pieces. You know what? Maybe we Would, could win. Let's bring w- in some pieces. Wouldn't you rather lose fun, though? Mm-hmm. I'd rather lose a shootout in a good game than uh, some fucking 7-6 to six grinder. And yeah. I think, you know, obviously they're going to put themselves in more shootout situations with their defense. Yeah. And I think Claypool can help them. We we've right. said it before, it's a cornucopia of shit at wide yep. receiver in in Chicago. But I can see a scenario where he takes the top off the defense, Mooney becomes more effective, yep. Fields uh, I I can see it. Do, do you think we could move from a cornucopia of of shit to just a fruit bowl of shit? Or you think it's still, we're so still sitting is, on Yeah, what we we're going to have to change the metaphor because it's not yeah. just I, I don't know. We don't know. We, we, here. we don't know that yet. Like, yes, Mooney and Claypool look better than what was there before, but we haven't seen what they. We haven't seen what Claypool does yet. He could just add to the cornucopia of shit. So I, I can see a scenario where it works. Uh, the Bears in offense don't generally go together, so um, obviously I'm skeptical. But like I said, his size, speed. Uh, fields running around, hucking it down the field. I, yeah, I yeah said, no. I'd, I'd rather lose fun. Yeah, I agree. I just don't know. I honestly do not know. Um, <laughs> we we we're gonna we're gonna see him play with 
an aging Ben Roethlisberger. We're seeing him play with a Mitch Trubisky, a uh, rookie and Kenny Pickens, and then Justin Fields. I, I just have no idea how to gauge that guy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess we're going to find out. I, yes, uh, we are. Will they find that out? And will they eventually get to that Chase Claypool trade that they've teased? Will an obviously drunk and stoned Ron get taken advantage of by a savvy veteran manager Jonah in the trade department? Stay tuned to find out all of that and so much more on the next episode of Dynasty Road Trip.